Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Hello and happy okay-ish Wednesday. I am so glad that I'm here with you today. I was sick last week and honestly wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to record, but here I am and so I'm really thankful for it. And I want to let everyone know that this is the 46th episode of OK-ish. 46. It's incredible. It feels unreal. With that being said, after my 52nd episode, if you can do the math, that is one year of weekly episodes, I am going to take a break. (laughs) So that will be mid-August. I'll take a break for about a month, spend that time planning some fun new things for the second year of OK-ish, and then I'll be back full swing mid-September. I will definitely keep you all posted on the dates as we get closer. I didn't realize that like people took breaks podcasting until I was like really into it. And I was like, wow, weekly podcasts, it's sometimes it's hard to like think of all these things to talk about. And then I realized that people sometimes take breaks. So I'm going to take a break after 52 weeks of weekly episodes. So again, I will keep you posted on the dates and everything like that. And don't worry. I'll give you some challenges and things to do in the month where there won't be episodes to uh keep us all okay-ish. All right. So last week I talked about attachment styles. If you haven't listened yet, go check it out because attachment styles help us understand all of our relationships. Romantic, yes, but also friendships, family relationships, all of them. So since I talked about that last week, I wanted to keep going a bit with this theme on relationships and talk today about the male and female brains. So part of why I want to talk about this today is because I work with a lot of couples, all sorts of couples, but most recently I've had a lot of heterosexual couples. And in talking about the male and female brains, for the purposes of today, I'm going to talk about heterosexual couples. But that is not to say there are many, many, many different types of couples that we will talk about. This is just what I'm going to be talking about today. And so Recently, I've been seeing a lot of heterosexual couples, and you know, there's all sorts of reasons that couples come to counseling. I personally believe in preventative couples counseling. Too often, couples come to counseling as like a last-ditch effort or, you know, to be able to say they tried counseling before they throw in the towel. But in my opinion, the best time to go to couples counseling is when things are good. Because being part of a couple is hard. Like seriously, no matter how great your relationship is or how much you love each other. So going to counseling when things are good can help strengthen the relationship and, you know, for the relationship to be resilient to when things are not so good. Okay, I'm sorry. I digressed a little bit talking about how much preventative couples counseling is important. (laughs) But let me get back to why I am talking about this today. So I recently had a heterosexual couple that came in and they're great. They clearly love and respect each other. They've been married for quite a long time. And they're just going through some transitions in life and just need some support. 
But it's funny because like as a counselor, it's pretty obvious to see who like has never really talked about feelings before versus who has. Because in their first session, I asked what brought them to counseling. And the man in the relationship said, well, you know, because men are from Mars and women are from Venus. I literally burst out laughing because let me tell you, uh, that's a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) So today, I'm going to share with you four myths about the differences between men and women because we kind of all feel these myths and we all experience them. And then at the end, I'll share the biggest thing that helps me when working with men and women together, when working with couples like this. All right. So to start with a myth number one, I'll use what my client said. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Turns out there's actually very little difference between men and women's brains, which like I think is really neat. Men's brains tend to be a tiny bit larger, but scientists like theorize that that's because the average size of a male is larger than the average size of a female. And lots and lots of studies have been done recently, like within the past 30 years, based on lots of previous studies. And there's so much research that is just showing that the brain is like any other organ. So like if I needed a kidney transplant, I could get a kidney from a man or a woman because the organ is similar enough in men and women that it wouldn't make a difference. Same with the brain. Now, I don't think people are doing brain transplants and I... (laughs) I don't think that's a thing, but you get the point that I'm trying to make, right? So like, I think brain transplants might be a thing in soap operas. I feel like I've I've heard of people doing brain transplants in soap operas. Anyways, I'm digressing. So like, the point that I'm trying to make is that it's just an organ in the body. It's just an organ. So men's brains and women's brains, it's not like you can like show an MRI of a brain and know that it's a man or a woman because they look the same. Now, that being said, there's a lot of psychological disorders that are more prevalent in either men or women. And I hate to break it to you, but we don't really know why. I mean, if someone knows why, please let me know, because I haven't been able to find research as to why. So like, if we knew why, for example, borderline personality disorder is more prevalent in women, That might help us to understand more biological differences between men and women, but we don't quite know why. And what we do know is that in terms of the brain, there aren't really any differences. Now, I'm still on myth number one. (laughs) I'll get to the other myths in a second, but here's a big caveat to this myth and quite frankly to the other three myths I'm about to share. Men and women are socialized differently. No matter how much you let your son play with Barbies or your daughter play with G.I. Joe or whatever, boys and girls are just treated differently. They just are. And I think we're getting a lot better at this than we were even 50 years ago, but we still have a really long way to go. I see it so much in the therapy room, you know, that men are told their whole lives to not talk about their feelings, to just suck it up, to quote unquote, man up. That's not good. And I don't know what it's like to be a man and to be socialized in that way, but I definitely know what it's like to be a woman. And in a lot of ways, it's great, but it's definitely had an impact on me in some ways, right? It affects me. You know, in doing some research for this episode, 
there was a lot of research about how we tend to socialize male children to be more confident than female children, which that just sucks. So the point I'm trying to make is these myths that I'm sharing have to do more with our brain chemistry and how we as males and females react differently or the same to things. But I am not saying there aren't differences between men and women because there absolutely are. But it's not because of brain chemistry. It's because of how we're socialized. And those differences might be smaller than we realize also. So that brings me to myth number two. Myth number two is women want relationships, men want sex. Not true. I mean, maybe for certain men or certain women. But there is no evidence behind this whatsoever. I know women. Who who wants sex and not relationships? And it's interesting, right? Because like I was saying before, men are socialized to want that all the time. So I've had many couples in the therapy room where the woman is actually more interested in the physical relationship than the man. And then that creates so many like masculinity struggles with the man because the man feels like he should want that all the time because that's how men are perceived to be. Right. So it like gets into all these other issues because people just believe this myth to be true when it's not true. It's a myth. Another common problem I see in this area is that I will say I see that men want the physical relationship without the other stuff. So let me explain. I'll see couples often where the man says, I wish we had sex more. And the woman says, I want that too, but I'm not just going to jump into bed with you after like not seeing you all day except to pass off the kids or whatever. People often perceive this as women not wanting the physical relationship, and that's not the case, right? That has just more to do with love languages, what turns people on, how different people connect, all of that. Not with being a man or a woman, not at all. Okay. So myth number three, this is one of my favorite, opposites attract. (laughs) One of the classes I teach is just a basic introduction to psychology class. And I always start the first class with talking about pseudoscience, pop psychology, myths like this that people think are real. And this is one of the myths that I share. And a few years ago, this girl raised her hand and she was like, that is true. My parents are totally opposite. And so I asked her some questions like, Do your parents both have jobs? Do they have a similar religion or similar political viewpoints? That kind of thing. And she realized that even though her parents may have opposite habits or patterns, doesn't mean that they're opposites. Because I have a huge secret for you with this myth. Opposites don't really like each other. (laughs) Again, we all have different personality types, habits, all of that. But those deep values, core beliefs, all of that are typically similar in relationships and with life partners. Because people who are polar opposite of me, I don't have anything to talk to them about, right? All right. And that brings me to myth number four, the final myth of today. The myth is some people are right-brained and some people are left-brained. Research shows that, guess what? This is really crazy. Both sides of the brain work together. (laughs) And guess what? Even more than that, our brain works best when both sides of the brain are working together. And if both sides of the brain are not working together and complementing each other, then typically there's a problem. 
We all have personality differences and we all have different strengths. For example, I can't do math. I mean, I can, but it takes me a second and usually involves a calculator. But that doesn't mean that the right side of my brain doesn't work or that I'm more left-brained or whatever. It just means that math is not a strength of mine. Plus, I don't use math very often. I talk about feelings all day. I'm sure if I worked that muscle that I'd be better at math. One of my friends was going through a dating website the other day, and there were a lot of, she was looking for a man, and there were a lot of men on their profiles that literally said like, oh, I'm such a left brain, or like, I lean towards the left brain, like stuff like that. And I'm like, that, that, that doesn't mean anything. Like, there's no meaning behind of that. I see this myth the most often with engineers. (laughs) So nothing against engineers. I still quite don't understand what engineers do, and I very much respect what they do. And I have had a fair amount of couples where, where the man is an engineer. And this is a vast generalization, just showing what I've seen. The engineer struggles to talk about feelings at all. Like, I say, how does, how are you feeling? And they say, fine can't understand feelings, right? I have seen so many couples where the man's an engineer and the woman says, you know, I'm feeling sad. And the man's like, okay, (laughs) right? But recently I had a female engineer in the relationship and and her, her male partner was not an engineer. And she was the same way. Like very little understanding of feelings, how feelings impact our lives, things like that. So... To me, that doesn't really have anything to do with male versus female, right brain versus left brain, but more how engineers are taught to think, process, understand, right? So now that we know that all of these men and women differences are so often related to pop psychology and not based in research, it is important to note that people are different no matter what type of relationship you're in. Bringing two different humans together as one unit is difficult. And the best way to understand differences is to not think about what men versus women do or read pop psychology stuff about men being from Mars and the way their left brains work, but it's to understand the other person's experiences. If I am dating a man who is raised to get over it and man up, that's going to help me understand why this man maybe isn't great at talking about feelings right? Or if I'm dating someone who's an engineer or after I'm dating someone who's a therapist and people with me too, right? I'm, I'm interesting in relationships because I talk about feelings all day. Feelings are all over me all the time. All I do is talk about feelings, right? So that's different too. And that has nothing to do with what planet I'm from. That has to do with my experiences. So that number one thing to do when all these myths have failed us is to understand the other person and what they've been through. And maybe knowing that there aren't a lot of physiological differences helps us to realize that whatever differences we have can be usually worked through a lot of the time, talked about, and understood so that we can all be okay-ish together. Disclaimer, this podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, 
please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.